Ever in the Glades by Laura Schalhart. Our story begins in a small, isolated community deep in the Florida Everglades, where kindness seems to have skipped a generation. Here, in the swampy thickness of the island, live four teenagers, Ames, Delia, Junker G, and Elijah. From the darkness, we hear Elijah running. It's a dream is what it is. It's a dream, and I'm running. Running from what? Couldn't tell ya. Running to what? Don't hardly know. But there I am, in my dream, and I'm running. And from around me, I hear the footfall of a future generation. Running behind me, beside me, ahead of me too. As if the devil himself was up inside of our sneakers. As if this sinkhole of a world was going to swallow us whole. With his thick, sticky teeth in his dead, wide smile. And its promises. And its promises. Which are the worst. Which are the worst. So we're running. We're running. From what I couldn't tell ya, but we're running. We're running. To what don't hardly know. What matters is somewhere else. What matters is somewhere new. What matters is not this goddamn now. Three kids on a dock in the noonday sun. Delia and Junker G stretch out beneath it. Ames sits turned away from them, engrossed in a paper of some sort. I'll tell you what, it's hotter than a hand-picked jalapeno up in here. It's so hot, a jalapeno might just cool your mouth off. <laughs> it's so hot, they renamed the Four Seasons. Hot, hella hot, sweating <laughs> my balls off hard. Are you out of your mad-ass mind? Boy, I'm so hot, I could iron clothes with the palm of my hand. Girl, I'm so hot I could wilt cities with my breath. Yeah, but I'm hot like the tarmac after the rocket done launched. Well, I'm hot like the fat when it first hits the pan. I'm hot like a torch in a burning man's hand. I'm hot like your mother in a black lace bra. Hey. A red lace bra. Hey. In no bra at all. Hey, I'm lit up like your ego. I'm fried like your hair. I'm baked like your brain before the drugs set in. Girl, I'm so hot my air conditioner needs an air conditioner. Your sweat is starting to sweat. And the weatherman's gone and stuck me on his weatherman report because it's me melting the icebergs, it's me turn the tide, it's Junker G warm the ever-loving globe. <laughs> I told you, Ames, didn't I tell you? I said there's a new girl at school and she's smart, just like you. I told you, Ames, didn't I tell you? You told me. There you go. So maybe you want to participate in this conversation? I'm reading your paper. I know, but you don't got to read it all day. Except I do, Junker G, and maybe tomorrow too, because damned if I know what you're trying to say. <laughs> Yo, Ames, no disrespect, but you might want to put something on that eye. It's fine, which is more than I can say for your punctuation. Whatever, it ain't that bad. And your spelling? See, no, that's how we say those words, that's how they sound, so that's how I'm going to put them on the page. And you're supposed to start with a quote. <laughs> nah, no way. You want to correct my spelling? Go ahead. You want to toss in a semi-comma or an apostrophe dash? Be my guest, but I thought about that quote. I said, see, now here's some space for a quote, something some adult at some point said. Except the problem being in so much as I can tell, ain't no adults worth quoting anymore. So you thought you'd quote yourself? I mean, I have a lot to say. The wisdom of Junker G is voluminous and vast. Two words that mean the exact same thing. Okay, professor, who'd you quote then? Don't say Shakespeare. Shakespeare. What's wrong with Shakespeare? He's a writer. He's a dead man's what he is. Who'd you quote, Delia? Pythagoras. He's a mathematician. <laughs> and his name's Pythagoras, so he's dead too. Who cares, Junker G, if they're dead or not? 
Man, I care. I mean, what use is that to us? The words of some dead writers. What are they gonna do? Take up a pen and write us a raft? Write us a giant bridge stretching from this island to the world? Write us some wings so we can pull our own selves out? Alright, you've made your point. My point is, we're gonna have to start quoting ourselves from now on. Because every adult who ever said anything worth saying up and died a long time ago. What was that? That, my friend, was a gator. What, they don't have gators where you're from? I'm from Nashville. They maybe got gator skin boots. Well, this here's the glades, and that noise you just heard? Means one gator's caught wind of us and he's gliding in this direction. No. Just two eyes atop the water and twenty feet of him below. No! (laughs) Twenty long and five wide, like an angry torpedo and hungry. So hungry for the likes of you! Don't touch me! Don't you touch me! Whoa, I was just playing. I was just- Being an idiot as usual is what he was just. Sorry, I don't like things snapping at me. I got enough of that at home. Rule one. You can't take seriously anything Junker says. Rule two, you can't take seriously anything Junker says. Rule three, gators don't smell, they sense vibrations. They move on instinct, not anger. That one's ten foot, not twenty, and he feeds at night, not midday, so most likely he grunted because he's hot. I mean, you can disregard rule one and rule two, but you should listen when it comes to rule three. Ames knows everything about gators, on account of his dad. Junker G. What about your dad? Nothing about my dad. My dad's dead. On account of the gators. On account of he fell. (laughs) Into the gators. He just fell, Junker G. My dad fell. Yoo-hoo. I mean, we don't talk about it, but Ames and these gators, they share blood. Yoo-hoo, guys! I said, hey, guys! I've been calling! Did you hear me calling? Beautiful day, am I right? Someone knew what he was doing creating this day, that's for sure. Well, if it isn't the swamp prophet himself. Elijah Brown. Son of Reverend Brown, son of Reverend Brown before that. You're old lady Sims's granddaughter, is that right? That's right. How'd you know that? Elijah knows everyone. Oh, not everyone. Okay, maybe everyone. <laughs> wait, wait. Old lady Sims is your grandma? Like old lady Sims with the glass ball? Crystal ball. And the chicken feet hanging from- It's a talisman. The lady who charges five dollars to read your hand? Palm. Yeah, that's Graham. She's harmless. Well, not harmless, maybe, but she took me and Mama in when no one else would, you know? Uh Uh-huh. So, two things worth telling. One, Ames, you're invited to supper tomorrow after church. Why just Ames? Why not me? Will you be going to church, Junker G? Hell no. Uh Uh-huh. So that's one. And two, which is the big one, which is the reason I raced down. Two is, this morning, I took the Lord's name in vain. (gasps) Not outright, mind you. I was having this dream. We were all of us in it, and we were running. And there were other kids running, too. Kids I didn't even know. And then all at once, as if on signal, we all started yelling. I don't remember what, and for the life of me, I don't know why. But in the middle of all of it, I called out. The Lord's name! In all sorts of vain! Uh Uh-huh. And then I woke up. What do you think it means, Ames? Why are you asking him? I thought he might be able to decipher it, and also, well, Z was in the dream, too. My brother Z? You know, another Z? I thought that was strange, seeing as he's been gone, but Z was there with us. I don't want to talk about my brother. Sure, but maybe you know what it means, or why I'd be dreaming about him now. I said I don't want to talk about my brother, or my father, or the gators. I mean, I swear, you're all up and down my nerves today. How'd she do it? Your gram, that... Hand palm thing. It's your lines. She reads the lines on your palms. 
Like this line here. That's your luck line. No way, in this one? Your love line. Yo, that one's deep, as one might expect. And that's your lifeline. My lifeline? Well, damn, it's kind of short. It doesn't mean anything, really. I'm serious, though. What's yours look like? Damn, man, yours, like, wrap around your hands, and mine's like, zip. Here's your life, zip. I'm sorry, Ames. I just thought you might have heard something about Z, and that maybe I sensed it, and that maybe we were linked in some dream sort of way. Don't worry about it. Sorry I yelled. Who is that? Sticks? Who else would it be? What's he got the mail? No mail on weekends. He's got someone with him. She's right. There's Sticks driving, and behind him... Oh no. I can't hardly make it out, but behind him... Oh no, Ames. It's Z. His brother Z? People, there ain't no other Z. So is that bad? What's wrong with Z? Nothing really, except rumor has it Z's the one who killed their dad. Mercy Johnson's mess of a kitchen. Ames, Delia, Elijah, and Junker G huddle in a corner. Z stands head bowed between Mercy and Mr. Styx. Let me get this straight. I'm gonna tell it to you straight. Let me hear this plain. I'm gonna tell it to you plain. Let me untangle this crazy yarn you're trying to tell. I'm telling it, Mercy Johnson, just as straight plain as I know how. This here's your nephew, and it looks like he's come home. <gasps> nephew. Now there's a word. Because by nephew, you mean kin. Except this boy here, he killed my kin. You might remember, Mr. Styx, how that went down. My brother's shirt, torn and muddy, washing up with the tide. The tide red that morning. The gator's fat and happy on the shore. And this boy here, crying. I didn't mean it, Aunt Mercy. I didn't mean for him to fall. And that lie so strong, it about knocked me out cold. I'm sorry, Aunt Mercy. I'm, I'm so sorry. You don't know. Don't you sorry me, you nephew, you kin. Sorry is what you are, not what you say. You brought him here? Don't look at me. Court says good behavior. Court says time served. Court says you're all he's got. Then he ain't got much, does he? Got zero. Just like his name. Mercy Johnson, if I may. <laughs> I beg you to consider. I mean, I think my father would say that your name is Mercy, and maybe you could show a little here. <laughs> Mercy? He's calling for Mercy, Mr. Sticks. Child, my father didn't name me Mercy, on account of Mercy's what I have. The doctor said, we need a name, sir. My father said, hell, I don't care. Color, not my boy. Color, not my son. My father looked at the doctor's name tag, where it said Mercy General Hospital, and said, to hell with it. Just call her that. So I wasn't named for Mercy, on account of Mercy's what I have. If that was how it worked, they would have named her Spite. <laughs> you best take him back, Mr. Styx, and you best do it now. Hold on, Mercy Johnson. You gonna pay for that service? Me pay for this boy? It's bad enough I agreed to take care of his brother, and I only did that because he looks like his dad. And the court pays you to do it? Not enough for two. There's money. I have money. Ma left us money before she died, and the court says I get it when I turn 18. If I'm still here when that time comes, I'll give it to you. How much money we're talking? Enough for two. For more, most likely. 
I'm 18 in a few months. You won't wait long. You'll do as I tell you. I'll do as you tell me. You'll keep out of my way. I'll keep out of your way. And when the time comes... Trust me, Aunt Mercy. You'll get what you're owed. Looks like your brother's home, Ames. What'd you think of that? What happened to your face? Did you hear me? I said, who did that to your face? <laughs> I'll kick their teeth in, little brother. I'll make their ears ring, little brother. I'll chase them to the end of the earth and off. Just give me a name. Oh, so that's how this is going to be then. A whole year gone. You got nothing to say? All right. I respect that. You've got your story. I've got mine. But maybe we could write a new one. Together. You and me. You don't write... Oh, he's talking now. You can hardly read and you don't write, yet here you are. Yet here I am. Talking about a whole new story. Talking about a whole new book. But you made fun of me for reading. I did. You made fun of what I know. You called it worthless. Worthless? You called me pathetic. Pathetic? You said the world's got no use for your learning. And I was wrong, Ames. I was wrong about that. Ugh. Cut it out! I was wrong! Ames, and I'm sorry, I was trying to toughen you up, but the world's got more use for you than it does for me. I'm gonna get you off this island, little brother. I've had time to think it through. You were born for a better life than this. And what were you born for? To see you find one. We can do it if we work together. Mom left you money. Mine plus yours is enough. You said you'd give your money to Mercy. I said if I was still here when the time came. And when that time comes, <laughs> won't either of us be here. Come on, Ames. Remember when Mom gave us these? You remember what she told us when she put them round our necks? She said we had the whole world between us. <laughs> From Ames to Z. Feels like it, yeah. No. She meant we've got everything we need between us two. You want to tell me what happened to our father that night on the dock? Then there's no us two, Z. There's you and there's me, and that whole world between us. That's what happened when you left. Join us next Friday for episode two of Ever in the Glades. Ever in the Glades by Laura Shellhart was directed by Sarah Bellantoni and edited by Robert Thaxton Stevenson. Featuring Gabriella Black as Mr. Styx, Bella Philstrup as Mama Brown, Lila Gorfain as Ames Johnson, Matilda Hershorn as Elijah Brown, Claire Lazar as Z Johnson, Alex Nunez as Reverend Brown and Olady Sims, Estella Pettis as Mercy Johnson and This Guy, Olivia Smith as Charity Sims and Mr. G, Jamie Vera as Junker G, and Sophia Votis as Delia Sims. The sound team included Tazriana Hussain, Lula Leon, Isabel Marx, and Alex Nunez. <laughs> <laughs>